This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, welcome to Wednesday night service here at Fellowship Church. We're so glad that you joined us, either on YouTube or Facebook. And we're going to have a great time tonight. I have a, an awesome message that I believe that God has given for us tonight. And I would like you to just join your faith with mine tonight and uh, just agree with me that we'll have great unction. Hallelujah. And, you know, unction is, is, is also affected by the hearer, you know, uh, a hearer that is hungry for truth, that is hungry to know God more. He will pull on the anointing. Hallelujah. And we'll all get more out of this tonight. So let's pray together before we dive into the word. Father, we're so glad, hallelujah, that we can come together, Father God, here even on over, over the internet, Father God, to, 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 to just get together around your word, Father, hallelujah. And we thank you for your Holy Spirit, hallelujah. He's the one who testifies of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one who gives light and revelation regarding your word, hallelujah. He's the one who shows us things to come, glory be to God. And so we ask you, Holy Ghost, help us tonight. Hallelujah, as we get into the Word, help us, give us light, give us understanding of these things so we can walk in the light of it. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to talk about some things that has really helped me personally in my walk with the Lord, and it is, it is, it is regarding being right with God, it's regarding how much God loves me, hallelujah, and I think that if we're not careful, uh, we, can, we can forget how much He loves us and what He has done for us. And so we, so we fall short of walking in the fullness of redemption, in the fullness of what Jesus has already paid for. Praise the Lord. So I want to start uh, and I want to go through uh, from uh, Genesis and, and, and through scriptures, you know, in, in the New Testament as well, that shows us the plan of God, why He did what He did, why He had to do what He, what he did and what it accomplished for us as believers. And for anybody that has not received Jesus yet, he did it for you as well. And so I just want to start with John 3.16. It's a very familiar scripture to all of us, but I want to start in John 3.16. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And you know, if you, if you look through the Scriptures, and the more you get to know the Scriptures, you see that there is one continual story from beginning to the end. Hallelujah. And that whole story, it's, it's, it's a master theme from Genesis to Revelation, and it is Jesus Christ and him crucified. You know, Paul, he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he said that I did not come to you with words of man's wisdom. He said, I, 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 didn't, I didn't, you know, talk about anything but Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said that your, that, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Hallelujah. So that's what we're going to do today. And you know, if you've read through, through Genesis, you know the story about Adam and Eve and, and how they fell. And, um, you know, God wanted a family. He wanted somebody to fellowship with, somebody to do life with. Can you imagine the Creator being lonely? I don't know how that whole thing worked out, but I know that He said in Genesis chapter 2, He said, it's not good for man to be alone. <laughs> so how did He know that? 
Well, maybe it wasn't good for God to be alone. He needed somebody to fellowship with and somebody to do life with. And it is evident, like, you know, see it after the fall, uh, uh, after Adam sinned, you see that it, it said here in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 8, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So this time they hid themselves because they had sinned. But it was a familiar sound to them because they could hear, hear the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. So, so that was a familiar sound to them that God would come down in the cool of the day to just spend time with them, to fellowship with them, and who knows what that looked like. I mean, it might have been that, that, that Adam would, would ask God, you know, so how do you make this? How did, you, how did you do this? You know, how did you create these creatures? How did you create these animals? And, and God would explain it to him, and Adam would understand. And they would have this wonderful communion together in this amazing place called the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. But that fellowship was severed. Hallelujah. Because of the sin that Adam committed. And because Adam committed a sin, uh, he, he, he got himself out of relationship with God. Now we see that fear and condemnation came in, and, 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 and it hindered his relationship with his father. And so, you know, I, I, I usually like to, to liken it to, to, to a limb, you know, you cut it off a tree. And, and as soon as it, it, it falls off, you know, it has been immediately, it was severed from fellowship with God, but it takes a little while, you know, before it, it withers away, and you can see that it's dead. The same thing happened to Adam. He was immediately, you know, when he sinned, he was cut off from fellowship with God, but it took 930 years for him to die. But to, to get our point across today, I just want to show you that, you know, Adam, he was the master copy of all human beings. He was the first one, and everyone that came from Adam was like Adam. And Adam didn't start to have kids until after he sinned. So now every copy from the master copy has flaw. Hallelujah. And you can see this in Genesis chapter 5. And, and I'm going to start in, in verse 1. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam in the day that God created man. He made him in the likeness of God. He created a male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day that they were created. And Adam lived 100, uh, 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. So man from that point on was made in Adam's likeness. And so they were now, they were now out of fellowship with God himself. And so, but you know what? God is love. And God had a perfect plan in place even before the world began. And I just want to read something here that uh, Richard E. Booker, uh, he wrote this in his, in his book, uh, The Miracle of the Scarlet Thread. And I just want to read this to you. And because he loves us, God has taken the initiative to come to the earth and suffer the consequences of sin for us. He would actually cut a covenant with himself on our behalf by the shedding of his own blood. He did this by supernaturally preparing for himself a body in the womb of a virgin. His name in Hebrew is Yeshua. In English, we know him as Jesus of Nazareth. The Hebrews also referred to him as Emmanuel, which means God with us. Jesus lived a perfect life, never committing any sin, but he died as the innocent substitutionary sacrifice for the sins of the world. Yet because he never sinned, death couldn't hold him in the graves. After three days and three nights, Jesus was resurrected. Hallelujah. 
He appeared to more than 500 people for 40 days, and then he ascended back to heaven, where he now sits on the throne of God as King of kings and Lord of lords. If you will receive him into our lives, we will partake of his divine nature and live with him forever in glory. There are many accounts in the Bible. This is the central story. It's a subject from Genesis to Revelation, everything in between. It's the master theme of the Bible. It's the single scholar thread holding it all together. And that's what I want to talk about today is God's love for us. You know, God knew before Adam sinned that he would. Did you know that? You know, God knows the end from the beginning. He stands outside of time, and he knows everything at all times, (laughs) which is to us is just the most amazing, amazing thought that he would know everything and that he would stand outside of time. You know, everything that we know is in time. So anyhow, it's I want to show you this, the love of God. And, and how much he loves you. And he created man even though he knew he was going to fail. Do you know that he, he saved you and he knew you were going to fail as well? But he still saved you. Hallelujah. So God had the plan in place before the foundation of the world. And we see this in 1 Peter chapter 1. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 1. It says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. He indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him believe in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. Hallelujah. He he knew the end from the beginning, so he already made provision for what he knew was going to be needed because he knew that man was going to fail. Isn't that wonderful that God had the provision in place? He's that kind of God. And that should give you great confidence because God has already made provision for everything that you need before you even need it. Hallelujah. And so we see in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, that's right after Adam and Eve sinned. And we see that he makes mention of the solution. He says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed, he shall bruise your head, bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. And so we know her seed, we know that a woman doesn't have seed. This was referring to the virgin birth. Hallelujah. Jesus came, hallelujah, as God. You know, God, he, 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 he was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb. Hallelujah. He was God and man at the same time. Praise the Lord. He had to be man for it to be legal for him to pay the price. Hallelujah. And so you could say, well, well, how could Jesus pay the price for everyone? Well, let me show you. I'm glad you asked. In John chapter 1, just go back to to the gospel of John chapter 1, and I'm going to read a few verses here. And it says, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. He says here that all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. Hallelujah. Without Him nothing was made that was made. Without Him man was not made. He was there, and He was was a part of making man. Hallelujah. Because Him and God is one. And so in Colossians chapter 1, it's going to bring it out even clearer. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15, talking about Jesus. He says, He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by Him all things were created that are in heaven, that are on earth, 
visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and listen to this, and in him all things consist. Hallelujah. And he's the head of the body of the church, who's the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So in him all things consist. In him every human being consists. Hallelujah. Without him, nothing was made that was made. He was able to stand in for all of his creation because he was God as well as man. Hallelujah. And Richard E. Booker put it this way in his book, uh, The Miracle of the Scarlet Thread. He says, being God, all creation is in him and comes from him. As the creator, he is worth all his creation. How many creatures are equal to the creator? How many humans are equal to God? A thousand, a hundred thousand, a million, a billion? All creatures put together don't equal the creator. So if God became man while at the same time remaining God, he could stand in for all creation. He could represent all mankind. All humanity would be in him. He could take the place of every person who ever lived and being equal to God, even though a man, he could enter into covenant with himself on behalf of all humanity. And this is the most amazing thing that God would be willing to give his life for his creation. That shows me how much he loves me. That shows me how much he loves you. Hallelujah. And we need to get an understanding of how much God loves us. Because when you get an understanding of how much he loves you and what he has done for you already, you will enter into freedom. Hallelujah. He says that perfect love in, 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 in John, in, in, I think it's in 1 John, he says that perfect love casts out fear. Hallelujah. And in fear, there's torment. But, but perfect love casts out all that. Hallelujah. It casts it out. You will not fear anymore. You would not, you, okay, hold on. I'm, I'm starting to preach now. We have much more scripture to get through here. So let me back up and then we'll start preaching here more towards the end. Praise the Lord. Are you getting excited yet? Praise the Lord, this is good news, and I'm expecting the Holy Ghost to sit on you there at your house for Him to reveal to you, just like we prayed at the beginning of service, for Him to reveal the Word to you. Hallelujah. He is the revealer of truth, to reveal the Word to you so you can be completely set free, hallelujah, from anything that would try to bind you. Praise the Lord. So we see a picture of this covenant. You know, God had to reveal his plan gradually for man to be able to grasp it. And, and, and he revealed it to Abraham. Hallelujah. He was the father of faith. Glory be to God. And in Genesis chapter 15, we see God entering into covenant with Abraham. Hallelujah. And this is right after Abraham had defeated uh, several kings by himself and his 318 trained men, and, and God came to him and said, Abraham, you know, he says, I am your exceedingly great reward. And I'm going to open up my Bible here and go to Genesis chapter 15. And you go there with me and, 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 and read these things more than just once. Hallelujah. When you hear it here, you know, these things, they have to be settled. Hallelujah. In our minds and in our hearts. So I'm going to start in, and I'm probably going to read all of chapter 15. So hold on. Praise the Lord. Uh, Genesis 15 and 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus? Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. 
And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now towards heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Praise the Lord. Same thing as you did. You believed God and he accounted it to you for righteousness. So let's keep on reading here. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of, of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other, but he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. Then he said to Abram, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will be afflicted, and they will afflict them four hundred years. And also the nation whom they serve of a judge, afterwards they shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, you shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass, when the sun went down and it was dark, that, behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day, the Lord God made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, and the Kenites, the Kenesites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephim, the Amorites, the Kenites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites, and all those ites. But my point here is that when all this was going on here, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. So Abraham was sleeping. And when God cut a covenant with Abraham, what was, what was going, what going to go back to verse 17 and see what went in between the pieces. And we know when, you, when, when they cut a covenant, the two that cut covenant together would, would stand in the midst of all these pieces and all this blood. And they would, they, they, would, they would go out, they would stand uh, back to back, they would go out and they would come back and face each other, and they would, they would speak the covenant terms to each other, and they would go into an everlasting covenant that could not be broken. But as far as I can see here, Abraham was sleeping when this was going on. And in verse 17 it says, And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces. On the same day, in verse 18, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham. And so this is, a, this is a beautiful picture of God the Father and God the Son entering into covenant on Abraham's behalf. And it was the same thing that happened when Jesus went to the cross. He took our place. Say that with me. He took my place. Hallelujah. He took your place and my place so we didn't have to suffer any consequences of this covenant. Hallelujah. And this is one of the, the most beautiful, I think, uh, pictures of the fact that we cannot do anything in our own strength to receive the blessings of God. Hallelujah. Jesus entered into covenant with God the Father on our behalf. He's the only one who could. He's the only one who was worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this was a shadow of what Jesus would do on our behalf. And Abraham is called the father of faith, isn't he? And in Genesis 15 and verse 6, and as we said earlier, and he believed in the Lord and it accounted to him for righteousness. And it was put on his account as his, his being in right standing with 
God. Hallelujah. And that's the same thing that is with us. We have been counted righteous in God's sight because we have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We have received what He did on our behalf, and because of it, we are counted as righteous. And you know that the Bible is, 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 is a continual revelation, hallelujah, of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It ends in, in the book of Revelation. But, you know, also during, you know, during the Old Testament, you know, and during the, the, the system of the law, Moses, you know, the Levitical priesthood and all that, it was all pointing towards Jesus. And let's see what that said, hallelujah, about what the sacrifices was for and what Jesus did on our behalf. Hallelujah. And I'm going to read it out of the NLT. Hallelujah. It's Hebrews chapter 10. And I'm going to start in verse 1. And uh, I'm going to read it out of the NLT, New Living Translation, because I think it really brings it out so that we can understand it a whole lot better. And it says here that the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped for the worshipers would have been purified once for all time, and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. But instead, those sacrifices actually reminded them of their sins year after year. For it's not possible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. That is why when Christ came into the world, he said to God, You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings, but you have given me a body to offer. You were not pleased with burnt offerings or other offerings for sin. Then I said, look, I've come to do your will, O God, as it is written about me in the scriptures. First Christ said, you did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they are required by the law of Moses. Then he said, look, I've come to do your will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For, God will, for God's will for us was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Said it with me once for all time. Hallelujah. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which can never take away sins. But our high priest offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Then he sat down. Why did he sit down? Because it was finished. Glory be to God. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. There he waits until his enemies are humbled and made a footstool under his feet. For that, by that one offering, he forever made perfect those who are being made holy. And the Holy Spirit also testifies that this is so. For he says, this is the new covenant I will make with my people on that day, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless Deeds. Hallelujah. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and living and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. 
Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. Glory be to God. Now, this passage preaches well on its own. Glory be to God. One sacrifice, once and for all, and Jesus sat down because it is finished. Hallelujah. He has completely redeemed you. He has completely wiped out your sins. He has made you holy. He has made you righteous. Glory be to God. And you are holy right now. Hallelujah. Why am I, why am I being so uh, excited about this? Well, it's because if you think that you have to act a certain way or you have to, to try to accomplish it on your own, you're going to wear yourself out. Because you can't. Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane before he went to the cross. He said, Lord, if there's any other way, he said, let this cup pass from me. But as we could see, he still went to the cross. So there was no other way. Hallelujah. There was, there's not one person that has been able to walk completely righteously before God and never sin. Never. There's never been a person but Jesus Christ and him alone. And he's the one who purchased your redemption. Hallelujah. You have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because of what Jesus did. You are holy. You are righteous right now. And I'm telling you, you will never become any more righteous, any more right before God than the day you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So you might as well just quit trying and you start to enjoying the fact that you are righteous right now and that you can come into the throne room of heaven, into the, into the very lap of your Father at any time, boldly because of the blood of Jesus. Can I hear an amen? Glory be to God. I can hear you shouting there in your living room. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. And it says, you know, Hebrews 10, 23, and I like the New King James verse, and it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold fast to the confession that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ was the propitiation for my sins. He set me free. Hold fast to that confession. Hallelujah. And you will see the outworkings of it will be that you will walk in greater and greater freedom. Hallelujah. Because now you're starting to walk in the finished work of Christ, and you're trying to attain it in your own strength. You know, you know have you ever heard the, 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 the analogy, you know, you have, to, you have to catch the fish before you can clean it? Well, the thing is that Jesus cleaned the fish right away, and then he starts to show you who you are. Hallelujah. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? He cleansed you when you were born again. He made you holy, and he had to. He could not join you to himself, to the body of Christ, unless he first made you holy and blameless. He couldn't, he couldn't do it because he's a holy God. And did you know, hallelujah, you know, sin had to be judged. Did you know that? God is perfectly righteous and he is perfectly just. And there is no remission without blood the Bible tells us there's no remission. There, 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 there's no wiping out and cleansing of sin without blood. Because for sin, blood has to be shed. And that's why he had to send Jesus. He had to redeem us with 
the life of Jesus, it was the only way, because that was the only way that God could be just and the justifier of those that have faith in Jesus. And so why am I saying all this? Well, I think this, this revelation is what really set me free. Because when I, you know, growing up, I think I wore out 1 John 1, 9, you know, asking God to forgive me, 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 not realizing that He had already forgiven me, not realizing that He already paid the price in full, and I could enjoy fellowship with Him and, and, and basically live in freedom. Hallelujah. So when I, when I went to, to Bible school, I went to Bible school because I, I, I felt impressed that I am called to ministry. I didn't want to. I didn't want to stand behind the pulpit. I was actually, the first time I did, I was shaking so bad that I could hardly speak because I was afraid. And you know what? Some of that fear came from me not feeling I was worthy. Me not feeling I was worthy because I was the one who went to Bible school uh, when I was 18 years old. And then after that, I walked into the world uh, and, and lived in sin for many, many years and that haunted me. You know, the devil would say stuff like, well, you knew better and you still sinned. You know, who are you to preach the gospel? Well, I tell you what, you know, Paul, <laughs> he preached the gospel. You know, he, he, he was persecuting the church. He was standing there where, when Stephen was stoned to death and he consented to his death. He was persecuting the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said that, you know what, I'm preaching this gospel of grace, this gospel of the goodness of God. Hallelujah. I'm chief among sinners, but it is to show the grace of God and what it can do. And I'll tell you what, that fear has left me. Because of the blood of Jesus, because I have renewed my mind to the truth of the word of God, because Jesus paid the price once and for all. He's not mad at me. He is not mad at you. No, no. He loved you so much that He sent Jesus Christ to die for your shortcomings. And now you are holy. Hallelujah. Paul was talking to the Corinthians. He says, do you not know that you're a temple of the Holy Ghost? But a temple of the Holy Ghost need to be holy. He said, quit doing some of these things because you are holy. And the thing is that when you start to, to understand what the blood of Jesus has done for you, when you start to understand the power of of redemption, hallelujah. Then you can say with Paul, he said in Romans, I think it's in Romans chapter 6, he said, he said, consider yourselves dead to sin, hallelujah, and alive unto God in Christ Jesus, your Lord, hallelujah. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, and I would say all the effects of sin, all the stain of sin, hallelujah. When you start to, to just, just, just get this settled in your heart, you know, I've talked, you know, last time I talked to you, I talked about the, the, the seed of the Word, and I talked about the watering process of the Word, and there might be some things that you're like, well, you're like, well, you know, I just don't know. Well, get into the Word and go through some of these scriptures and see, is that what it said or not? Did it say, hallelujah, one sacrifice once for all? Is that what it said? But if that's what it said, that's the truth. And then we need to renew our minds regarding this and get settled in our hearts this is the truth, and as you do, you will start to see the love of the Father, hallelujah, and you will start to, 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 to experience more and more freedom from those things that used to bind you, used to hold you down. You know, the, the, the thing with sin 
and, 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 and the way that, that the devil holds people bound is that he, he, he brings condemnation when you do something that you knew you weren't supposed to do, and you've done it again and again and again and again, and now you're full of condemnation, and now you don't feel worthy to approach God. You see God way over there, and you see yourself here, and you see that I'm not worthy to come to him. The problem with that is that he is your solution. God is your solution, and that condemnation is keeping you from going to your Father and Him being able to help you and break this thing once and for all. A righteousness consciousness, you being knowing that you are right in front of God, even though, you know, there's not one person among us that has not fallen short in some way. You know, it's, it's you know, the Bible is very clear. Jesus was talking, you know, about sin, he was talking about, you know, even if you, you think about doing something wrong in your heart, he says, you've done it. You've done it. You know, and so how many of us have not fallen short in, in for example, worry? Have you ever worried? Did you worry today? <laughs> well, you, we, maybe we did. But that does not disqualify you from getting into the presence of God. It doesn't disqualify you from enjoying all that Jesus has done for you. No, no, no. But as more, the more we spend time with him, the more we draw close to him, hallelujah, the more we see that God loves me so much I have nothing to worry about. Hallelujah. Even if I failed, hallelujah, he is forever merciful, he is forever good, and he loves me, and he wants the best for me, hallelujah. And he has enabled me to trample sin under my foot, hallelujah, to put on that new man who is created according to God, in true righteousness and holiness. Hallelujah. And I like to, to, to liken this to the way that I, my relationship with my daughter, she's three and a half years old. And I was like, my love for her does not change because she falls short, does something wrong. No, no, no. My love for her does not change at all. I just take her into my arms, and I love on her, and then I instruct her in the right way, in a loving way. I get her attention, and we talk about it, and we say, no, 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 we're not supposed to do that. Let's not do that again. Let's change our ways. And she's like, okay, Daddy. Okay, Daddy. And then she does it again. We have another talk, and then we go on. But my love for her, hallelujah, my love for her does not change. It doesn't change her standing with me. She's still my daughter. I love her, and I want the best for her. I want her to have the best of everything. To, 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 to the best of my ability, I want to bless her. And your heavenly Father is the same way. He wants to bless you, and he is much more able than anyone else to bless you, to bless you with peace in your home, to bless you in your going in and your, 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 your going out, you coming back home. He will bless everything you put your hands to. Hallelujah. He will bless your life more than you could ever imagine when you get in line with what the Word of God says. Because I think that's the problem a lot of times is that we read these things and they're not real to us yet. But you know what? That can change. And that's the power of the Word of God. You know, I remember I talked to you here about a couple of weeks ago about the Word needs to be received Hallelujah, as it is in truth, the word of God. And, and Paul was talking about this to the Thessalonians. He says, you, you have received it as the word of God, and it is effectually working in you. 
Hallelujah. And the word of righteousness, the word of what the blood of Jesus has done for you, when you receive it, work in your heart and produce light and revelation of what Jesus has done for you. Hallelujah. And I love, you know, the whole book of Ephesians, really. But I'm just going to bring out a few things here. And maybe I'll just do chapter 3 before I do chapter 2 here. We still have some time here. I just want to stir you up regarding what is yours already. Hallelujah. A lot of times we find ourselves trying to get to where we already are. Hallelujah. And it's frustrating. <laughs> it can be frustrating. Hallelujah. But Jesus Christ redeemed you once and for all. This is the gospel. This is the good news. Glory be to Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. And I'd like to bring out this. This stood out to me here a while back about Paul and his ministry uh, to the church. And let me see here. Let me pick up in verse 7. He says, Of which I became a minister, talking about the gospel. He is a minister of the gospel according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. To me who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and what he did. Hallelujah. And to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So Paul was preaching that all might see. Hallelujah. So there's something about seeing. There's something about, and, and here we're talking about having revelation. You know, the Word of God will give you light in your heart. It will give you understanding. Hallelujah. And he said, I'm preaching that people might see. See what? See what the blood of Jesus has accomplished for you and everyone else that would receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. The only sin that never can be pardoned is rejecting Jesus Christ and what he did for you. You know, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says that Jesus reconciled the world to himself. Hallelujah. So by what Jesus did, he reconciled the world to himself. The word says that even when we were still sinners, Jesus died for the ungodly. Hallelujah. So he's died, he died for everyone. And Paul was preaching this. He was preaching. It's not through the law. He was always going and talking to the Jewish people first. And he said, you know, Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. He is what you've been waiting for. He's what the sacrifices was all pointing to. was this one sacrifice once and for all to remove sin and take it out of the way so that we once again could be joined to divine. That branch that was cut off has now been put back into God. And now his life flows through the Christian, when you know who you are, when you know what Jesus did. And I remember here, this has been years and years and years ago. I was, I was just sitting with my Bible, and I was just fellowshipping with the Holy Ghost. And I said, Holy Spirit, you know everything. Teach me something. Hallelujah. And he said, go to the book of James. And I did. And, 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 and let's just go there again. Because this, 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 this bears... Uh, I've, I've said this many times, so I can say it bears repetition, but it is such a good word. And I want to, he, he took me to James. Initially, I didn't want to, but I said, okay, yes, sir, I'll go to James. Because I was the one who asked him to teach me something, so I should pay attention, right? And so, <laughs> so 
So in verse 21, it says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and all flow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Hallelujah. There's something about your soul needing to be renewed the way you see yourself. Hallelujah. He says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. And this is where the Holy Ghost, he yelled on the inside of me. He was loud, and he got my attention. He said, don't forget who you are. Hallelujah. And I'm seeing, like reading through this, talking about the implanted word. You know, you were born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. Hallelujah. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus, completely holy and righteous. What he was telling me is don't forget who you are right now. And this scripture goes on. Hallelujah. In verse 25 of James chapter 1, it says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. And he calls this looking into a mirror. Looking into the Word is like a mirror. And what do you see in a mirror? I like to use this analogy a lot because it works so well. What do you see in a mirror? You see yourself, don't you? And you see yourself what you look like right now. You know, I'd be surprised if you looked into the mirror and you could see, well, this is what I'm going to look like two weeks from now or three years from now. No, no, it's not. When you look into the mirror, you see what you look like right now. Hallelujah. So when you look into the word, you see who you are right now. Jesus made you holy. Jesus made you righteous. Jesus put you in right standing with the Father. He says that we have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? We are as right with God as Jesus is because his sacrifice is ours. Hallelujah. And we need to identify ourselves with what he did because that is who you are right now. Glory be to God. And I'm telling you what, this truth will completely set you free. Hallelujah. And I think I want to end with this. And this is Romans chapter 4 and verse 20. And it's talking about Abraham. He's the father of faith. So there were some things that he saw that we also need to see. And he says here, He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. And I use the scripture of Romans chapter 5 and verse 2 all the time. He says that we access this grace in which we stand by faith. Hallelujah. Faith comes by the word. And as you meditate on this, as you rejoice in these truths, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right? I don't care what your week has looked like until now. I don't care what this month or this year has looked like. If you will start to say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, right now, hallelujah, I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, and I am holy, and I am righteous Hallelujah, I'm in right standing with God because of the blood of Jesus. Right now, God loves me. He's my daddy. Hallelujah, and I walk with him every single day. You start to meditate. You start to rejoice in these things. And what's going to happen that you're going to get more and more light, more and more revelation of what Jesus has done for you. And I'm telling you, it's going to bring you into a place of great freedom. And you are going to be a witness, hallelujah, of what God can do for somebody who will take him at his 
word. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I can continue to show you scripture after scripture after scripture that shows you what Jesus did, and it's a reality in your life right now. You just need to accept it, but we don't, we're not going to take the time tonight. But I just wanted to encourage you, stir your hearts up about who you are right now. Because I think that there's a lot of people that are held in bondage because they don't think that they're good enough. Well, I have good news for you right now that you are good. If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are good enough right now to just run into the presence of God. Hallelujah. And rejoice in the freedom that is yours because you're a child of God. Hallelujah. And if you are out there and you're listening to this message and you have not received the Lord Jesus Christ, let me tell you, it is the simplest thing in the world. The Word tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. And God has been waiting for you. He's been waiting for you to listen to this broadcast so you could hear the good news that is that God loves you. Hallelujah. And He has made provision for you to be brought into fellowship with God, to become a brand new creature in Christ Jesus so that you can go to heaven when you leave this place and enjoy eternity, hallelujah, in heaven with God himself, hallelujah. So if you, if you would just repeat this prayer with me, you can do that right now, hallelujah. Say this with me, Father God, I have just heard the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I've decided that I want to receive what Jesus did for me. I say, Jesus, save me right now. I receive everything that you have accomplished for me on the cross. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you rose for me. And I believe that you are alive now at the right hand of the Father. And I thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, that you are my Lord now. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. If you prayed that prayer with me, you are now right with God. Hallelujah. And I know that the presence of God is resting on you in your home. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Heaven rejoices when one person gives their life to Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't that exciting? Glory be to Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. I just wanted to take a few minutes with you tonight to, to just share with you the good news of the gospel. Hallelujah. Many of you have heard this before, but it is the best news in the world to be reminded of. Hallelujah. Because the more we walk in the light of it, the freer we get. Hallelujah. And we'll just start laughing every day. Hallelujah. And rejoicing in our freedom in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm just so looking forward to the time when we can meet together here on Wednesday nights, hallelujah, in the glorious presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah. But until that time, we'll just continue doing this and just, just, just fellowship around the Word of God, hallelujah, which is it's so refreshing. Praise the Lord. And at the end of our service here, I just want to give you an opportunity to give you know, into what we're doing here at Fellowship Church. You guys are just amazing at giving, hallelujah, because you have a heart for what the Lord is doing through our local church, hallelujah. We have, we have outreaches all over the world, literally, hallelujah, and people are getting saved and set free, hallelujah, on a daily basis because of your giving, hallelujah, and we are also going to reach this local area 
for the Lord Jesus Christ because, you know, God put this church here for a reason, and it is to reach this area with the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word is very clear. It says that if you sow into good ground, you will receive a great harvest. Hallelujah. So let's pray over our offerings right now. Hallelujah. And on the screen there is what you need to give. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Father, we love you. And we're just so grateful, Father God, for your loving kindness, for your tender mercies, for what you have accomplished for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. We are so grateful, Father, and we want as many as possible to hear this good news, Father. So we give, Father God, into Fellowship Church with glad hearts, Father, rejoicing in the fact that, Father God, the Word is going forth, setting people free, Father God. And we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna <laughs> fill heaven with souls, Father God, hallelujah, through the ministry of this church. And we just thank you, Father, for it. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to God. Well, it was my pleasure to be with you, to be able to come into your homes tonight and share the word of God. Hallelujah. And you have a blessed uh, rest of your evening, and we love you all, and we'll see you here on Sunday morning. Praise the Lord.